In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Oh, Good night. Good night, folks. Uh, welcome to your Monday show. Are you guys ready to face a week? Are you recharged from the weekend? I saw so many people on the old Instagram out there having fun. Uh, frolicking with their friends, making bad decisions. It, it truly is summer. It's it's like it, it's like we're living again. It's so exciting to watch. I, I say that without any irony or or being a smartass. It really is amazing to see. Uh, I I spent this weekend with my family. I got to see some friends. Uh, I didn't podcast at all on Saturday. I got one day off. That was amazing. Um, and uh, my nephew had his 14th birthday and. I got to watch my dad try to explain Watergate to him, which was just so bizarre. But I got to tell you, it, it's so, you know, those are the times you really appreciate family or on those events. And I always try to think about what it must be like for my parents, you know, who've been together like 50 plus years now or just 50.5 years or whatever. I, I, I think it must be really insane for them as it is for me to sit back and watch you know, my sister, me, their kids they raised, and, and my sister has a niece, my niece and nephew, and it just must be a trip, you know? My dad always says, you know, hey, we did good, you know, look at this. We, you know, you can really tell in those moments that I, I hope, I imagine that they look back and, you know, just kind of, wow, like, this is so cool. 
I should teach that kid about Watergate. Uh, no, but it was it was nice. So I hope you guys are ready for a great week. I am. Uh, as uh, you guys know, I am with uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Cloud 10 Productions. You will hear me do a commercial in the middle of this. It won't be as long as it has been, but it'll be for better help. Um, and I'll, I'll announce what you need to know if you're interested in in uh, finding out more about them, which I really suggest you, that you do, and, and go at least check out the website with the code I give you. Uh, everything helps because I want to try to um, I want to try to impress these iHeartRadio people. You know what I'm saying? Gotta gotta make sure that they think they didn't make a mistake. Like we gotta fool them. You know, we gotta fool them. Like between me and you, we we all know this shouldn't be happening, but it's happening. So we gotta act like we belong here, right? We got to not mess up things. We got to elevate the stuff. Like we snuck into the party, but we got to not get kicked out of the party. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You guys, you guys dig it. Um, So let's get right into it. Today, of course, on Mondays is Sophie Ross. And every time I was really tired, Sophie was really tired. And I, but we get into it and I think it's just so much fun. I have such a great uh, rapport with her. I have so much, uh, a great time just bouncing off her. And we, we go into everything, you guys. We, of course, go into Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. We go into uh, Aaron Carter getting demolished by Lamar Odom. We go into uh, Jake and Logan Paul and their boxing careers. We go into a little Southern charm. We go into Bethany Frankel. We go into the new Lord song. Uh, We go into Kanye West unfollowing the Kardashians, Jojo Siwa, and somebody doing acid at her place. We go into Amelia Hamlin. Happy birthday. Happy 20th, Amelia. One more year, you're going to be able to drink, and it's going to make it even creepier that you're with a 39-year-old man at that point. Um, We go into it all, folks. Um, So I will talk to you Tuesday. We got great guests all week. I will be working hard to provide you with the content and the joy that you need. And and sometimes you might even learn something. I have not learned something yet, but I think you guys might learn something because you have the ability to learn. Uh, if there is anything you need from me, uh, email me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. Uh, thank you to all the well wishes to the people who are curious. I am back. Uh, I had a little bit of a medication issue last week. And it didn't it didn't stop the work, but it, it really clouded up my head. And so I am I am uh, got all my meds. That sounds so ominous. I hate how that sounds. I, I got to normalize being able to speak about this stuff um, and not be worried. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. A lot of people were like, are you are you doing? I'm doing good. No need to worry. Um, and I just want us to have the best week ever. It you know, it is one of those things, you know, being in Arizona this past week. You know, it's so sunny, too sunny, one might say. A lot of, very hot, very hot, ridiculously hot. But there is something, just like Lord says, there is something about solar power, you guys, being in the sun. It is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a mood elevator. So I hope you are somewhere sunny and I hope you are somewhere bright for the week. Um, and I'm going to try to provide you with a lot of laughs and a lot of silliness and all that stuff. I promise to do that for you guys, but let's get right into it. The only issue that we didn't get to talk about is Army Hammer uh, checked himself into rehab this week. We are going to go into that in next Monday's episode because I am waiting for a couple pieces of information more to drop before we can talk about it because right now it's pretty much just that. So I want to, don't worry, it has not been forgotten about. It is, it is you know, it's, it's good. Um, also, if you have any guests that you want me to speak to, 
reach out to them for me. This is the little engine that could, folks. But, uh, you know, I got me. I got Maditza. I got my friend Megan who helps me. You know, so we're a small little band of brothers. Um, but there is a lot of things right now that we need help with, that I need help with. So if there is somebody that you want to talk, you want me to talk to, reach out to them for me. I totally trust you guys. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm getting the best guess for you guys, um, that, that we can make this the... Uh, I don't, there's nothing else I got to say, guys. Here, you know what? Let's just get into the guests. You know her. You love her. Sophie Ross. Here we go. I'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Bye. Joining me on Mondays, uh, you know her, you love her. She is the engine that drives this ship for the week. Uh, Miss Sophie Ross, welcome back to the show, Sophie. I always look forward to your new introductions every week. Thank I you. Ne- I never know what I'm going to do. It's it's surprises me each time. I want to I want to clarify that I I I really appreciate you being on the show. So I I don't know you know then I get nervous oh. halfway through the introduction and and then I try to pull it back. Uh, anyways, oh my God, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like I said, I'm satisfied. I just ate my first meal of the day. What'd you eat? Um, I got pasta. I got like spicy, um, like carbone. It's like spicy vodka rigatoni. Oh, gee, had to had to involve alcohol some way. Uh, <laughs> are you hungover on this fine Sunday? Or are you? I'm like I'm, I'm mostly just like tired. I'm just exhausted more than hungover. Yeah, I feel I feel that definitely. It's it's uh yeah, it's weird. It's it's um watching so many. Pe- I watch so many people on Instagram and Twitter and all the social media. They seem to be out and about. And I gotta say, I really, I really like. I I love. I'm not. I wasn't actively out and about and, but I, I love seeing it, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, it is really nice there. There you forget how, of course, if everybody's being safe, but it really is nice for, I'm seeing everybody like traveling, partying, getting drunk, hooking up with randoms. I think it's, it feels like old times. It's beautiful stuff. Nature is healing for sure. Um, but yeah, it's like, I haven't been doing anything crazy or, you know, I've been going out, hanging out with some friends, but I haven't like gone on any trips or done anything wild, but yeah, it's entertaining to see people doing so. I was like, I missed like this content of just, you know, regular people that I follow, like doing fun stuff. I know know? it was, it's (laughs) weird. It feels very exotic all of a sudden. I'm like, somebody has like a martini at lunch. I'm like, oh my God, are they overseas? And then they're just at a bar. Oh yeah. And someone's like on a beach and it's like, you know, (laughs) we were so ready to cancel anyone who was traveling for the past year. Well, I mean, I just saw one of my friends, she took a surprise trip to Costa Rica and I was like, whoa. And, but at the same time, I'm like, good for you. Good for, I mean, it's, I mean, at a certain point, if you are safe, if you are vaxxed, if you are that, you know, like, yeah, get out and live your lives. If you're doing it safe. I mean, that is the whole thing was that it was all about safety and, and making sure people weren't harmed and stuff. And I know in LA, we get back to normal, supposedly June 15th is when everything supposedly they'd say like everything gets turned back on. So we'll see. I mean, I really, I do kind of think it's really hard to like turn a big, 
you know, I don't know. I just, I hope everybody's patient in LA. I was in Arizona and everything's open in Arizona and has been for a long time where there's no, people aren't wearing masks indoors. People aren't. And it really, it's that thing. You have to retrain yourself that this is all right. This is okay. LA's not like that yet. I mean, like, so I went out, um, Friday night with my friend and she is vaccinated, but she has some sort of immuno something wrong with her immune system where it's not 100% the vaccine works for her. Like it's not 100% effective for her. Yeah. Um. So she's like being as careful as possible while knowing that she's like probably okay, but still trying to be careful. Um. But we went to a bar. We like went out to dinner, had drinks at dinner. And then we were like, let's go to this bar, whatever. It was so packed. We walked in, we got in, the, we got through the line, waited in line. It was so packed. No one, not a single person was wearing masks inside wall to wall. Like I was, I was like, I'm vaccinated. I assume all of these people in this New York city bar where, you know, we've all kind of been vaccinated for a few months. I assume everyone else is kind of vaccinated too. But my friend was like, no, we have to leave. She was like, not okay with it, which I understood. I was like, yeah, let's go. Like I would have been okay with it, but like, she has to be extra careful. So you do have to like, think about those people a little bit. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, social, I mean, it is funny. I think we're going to like make, like, we're never going to socially distance again, but you're like, fuck social distancing. I want to, I want to be inside everybody. Like, I mean, everybody I, at this point, I mean, I'm just wondering how close we are to having a bar called my bedroom, you know, where it's like <laughs> replicates the, so the replicates the, uh, the pandemic experience, you know, some asshole is going to do a themed bar about the pandemic somewhere. It's probably going to start in New York too. Honestly, like I, I mean, I would like to see it. Um, So, yeah. Could you imagine uh, going on a date at a pandemic-themed bar? Actually, one of my favorite bars in the city, it's actually called The Flower Shop. And its decor is supposed to be like, it's like a 70s basement, like your house. You know, like that's how it's like the wood panels, like they have a pool, like it's all it's that's how it's decorated. It's supposed to feel like a basement. And I love it. I just think it's like such a cool vibe. Oh, there's a there's a bar in L.A. Good time. Davy Wayne's that you go in through. a. Wait, a, I've, that's probably, one of the few L.A. bars that I have. Yeah, very- everybody's got you go in through a refrigerator door, you guys. And I'll tell you what, it's a gimmick, but it works like I'm never not excited to go through a refrigerator door. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm just thinking about my. Oh no! So Sophie sounds like something really bad happened there. She seems, she seems I, like she's having an experience. <laughs> it's just so funny because I really don't know a ton of LA bars. I've only like been to a few that I visited like a handful of times. That the Hard um, Rock Cafe for you, I'm sure. Uh, I like can't even think of the Davy Wayne's is one that like whenever uh, I talk on LA bars, I'm like Davy Wayne's because I have such a memory there. First of all, let me preface this by saying that. It is true about LA how like, you know, it's very, I feel like a lot of people eat very healthy and vegan and light. And so we went out to, and my friend who lives there is just, she's like that. And so I had like a green juice for my meal Mm. because I was in LA. I was having the LA experience and didn't eat a lot. I was, it was, this was years ago. And I was on like a dating app and I had (laughs) like, let's see like what hot LA guys we can find and like meet up with. Met up with a guy from a dating app with my friends. I was visiting my friend. It was a bunch of us. And we were at Davy Wade's. And next thing I know, I guess I'd gotten so black out. My friends were like, oh, she's fine. She's with, 
She's with this strange guy. She's fine. No, no, she's good. Let him take her. I out. love my friend. I really don't hold it against them because knowing me drunk, I was like, yeah, I'm totally fine. Like I go from zero to a hundred. Zero to Bambi legs is what I call it because I get Bambi <laughs> legs. And next thing I know, I'm on the sidewalk on the ground outside of Davy Wayne. Oh, perfect. This guy is taking care of me. I'd thrown up all over him, all over my <laughs> And yeah, I mean, the story- wait, 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 wait. Did he still try to kiss you? And you probably did. You probably, wait, you probably made out with this dude, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. I Because, because probably by the way, you're he like, he did. Me. He took care of me. He deserves a kiss. But at the same time, this guy is so hard up for a kiss that he's going to like, I mean, I'm sorry. You threw up all over the outside areas. I know it, it literally <laughs> on him. That was when I came to, I was on the sidewalk and I was like, where did, where did everyone go? Oh my God. Anyway, that's my Davy Wayne's memory, but I do, from what I do remember, great spot, great bar. It does have that vibe where it's like the seventies, like patio, the back patio area. Like, love it. Love it. Love it. Really romantic place. Love it. Nice. Um, I, I, I ran this nightclub, uh, a long time ago in West Hollywood. And I remember there was a new year's Eve party and I would just have my friends since I had to work, I would just invite my friends in and get them in. And I remember this one guy, Darren, uh, he's really good buddies with my best friend, Nick, and they came and it was a really tiny, like uh, bottle service bar where we sat, like it was capacity one fifteen. We would get like get it up to 200 people and we had two bathrooms the downstairs bathroom which was a shared men men's women bathroom where we would have a um a lady there like giving out mints and all this stuff but it was really bizarre like the men's room was just a urinal you couldn't poop the women's had a bathroom but you were doing it in the same room and then upstairs there was like a hidden secret bathroom where misha barton and greasy bear used to have sex they had sex in there back in the day. This was in Misha Barton's height of her popularity. So it's New Year's. And my friends always describe it as like the beginning of the movie Blade with Wesley Snipes, where it's like this huge party and then just blood starts pouring from the ceiling. It's just because it's just so packed. It's so packed. And my this guy, Darren, who's from out of town, he comes up to me. He's like, Dude, is there another bathroom? Is there another bathroom? And oh, I'm no. like, what? And he goes, I got to go. I got to go. And I'm like, I was like, dude, no, I don't, there's not an employee bathroom. It's just the two bathroom. I got to go. And he's like, you just like that panic in his eyes. And I'm like, you just got to just pee outside. I don't got to pee. I don't got to pee. And I'm like, oh no, the guy's got to poop. And like, and he, um, (laughs) so he's just like, he's just frantic. He's like running around and like, but there's not a lot of space to run. So eventually I lose track of him. And my friend texts me and he goes, Darren texted me. He, uh, he didn't make it. And uh, we're like, what? <laughs> like he, uh, he went in himself. He he pooped himself, and uh, he has to uh, go back to the hotel and clean up. And this was before. This is like right before midnight. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with that information. But then it also, it's like a, it's like a soldier down where you're just like, that could have happened to any one of us. Like right, wrong day, wrong time. It could have happened to any of us. Oh my god, and, I love that. He didn't and, make it. <laughs> But okay, but then this is the deal. So you think that would like scar this man? He would like hang it because you know I would be so ashamed, and I think he was ashamed too. He comes back at like one thirty. He's clean now, I guess, or as clean as he could be, and he was. He was bummed. He was like, I can't believe I missed out. And, and, and rallied. There's a good. There's a more. There's a great. 
picks up a girl, sleeps with a girl that night, slept with a girl like at the end of the night. He and by the way, this wasn't like a jerk guy, a douche guy. So it couldn't have happened to a better guy after something so <laughs> horrifying. Um, but 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 we kind of knew the girl that happened to, and we never told her it was like that guy just shat himself and you took him home, you know, like it's like he he shat himself, he took the biggest L you can take, but then. <laughs> shows you never that's and by the way that's what i want you to take into this week guys never give up never give up because if he had just stayed home he would have that would have been his night forever it would have been and like it, the night i shot my pants but now it's like the night he shot his pants and then and converted he converted and the thing is if he had not come back he would have never he would have always been hesitant to ever go to a bar ever again mm-hmm. if he had like a stomach gurgle or something like that i'd be like oh, i'm gonna stay home i'm gonna stay home but i just it goes to show you and i'm saying this wasn't the cockiest of guys so you just never know. Don't give up. You don't quit until the miracle happens. As I said on Friday's show, yeah. uh, speaking of parties and stuff, I want to start with uh, just a, I know you're probably wishing this as well. I'll speak for me and Sophie is that happiest of birthdays. Uh, Amelia Hamlin, 20 years old, 20 years young, Amelia, you are not over the hill. 20 years young. Uh, I don't know if you were aware of this. Uh, I so- did see that. I did see that because I was like, that's disgusting with Scott. The Scott- disgusting how old she is now, huh? Right. Well, it's just, she's 20. It just nails down yeah. how young she is. Like she is, tw- I just remember my 20th birthday when I was in a frat basement, like in college, like I was a baby, like I went to TGI Fridays. Like I was just, you know, a little bit like, she's 20 years old and she's with an almost 40 year old man who has three kids. And it's just, yeah. Well, as they always say, as they always say, if you grow up in Hollywood, that adds 80 years to you. She's a hundred years old in Hollywood years. Uh, By the way, they said this with Kylie on the, on the Kardashian show a long time ago too, when she was allowed to date Tyga, which is like Tyga has got to kick himself every fucking week when he thinks about Kylie now. Of like, like that, you know, Tyga rents, like Tyga leases his cars now. Kylie gets one yeah. and uses like toilet paper. But Amelia partied with her, her betrothed, her boyfriend. Uh, oh, Scott here's Dizzy. the lamb. Oh, that, that you, Dan. You fixed it or they gave you a new one? No, that Dan fixed last week. I was just. Oh, yes. Dan, the, uh, the guy that hung the TV. Yes, the jack yeah. of all trades. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got a lot of emails about Dan, actually. A lot of people liked him and, uh. Did you see that? Uh, Wait, really? People were inquiring about well, Dan. People were, well, they just thought it was fun. Did you see the uh, artwork that Maritza made with uh, the yes. guy? Yes. Oh, my God. I was so crying good. at that. Um, <laughs> and he's putting it up on Amelia's ass. <laughs> well, that Amelia. Is, yeah, you don't, you don't want to watch Amelia's Wait, ass. Wait, so I'm, I'm all caught up on Beverly Hills, finally. Oh, we're know. definitely going to talk about that right after this, because this Lisa Rinna will lead into this. But I just wanted to let you know what they did for the birthday on Saturday, June 12th, which is funny. I feel like Scott's paying people to cover this story. Um, It says the daughter of Lisa and Harry Hamlin just turned 20 years old and celebrated her birthday with her nearest and dearest by her side, including boyfriend Scott Disick. They enjoyed a fun night out in Miami Beach, Florida. Florida. They started their evening with a late dinner at Poppy Steak Restaurant in South Beach. That's a whole poppy steak. Like that sounds as creepy as Scott and Amelia's relationship. Like poppy yeah. steak, like call me daddy steak. Like it's like, ah, uh. um, they had a cake made of her. You guys that included images of a naked Amelia, that ass shot. And there's a shot of uh, Scott on his stories where he put the finger in her ass on the cake. 
Ew. At this point, he's not even trying to hide it. He's literally like, this is my girlfriend butt stuff. Like, exactly. Sorry, I'm eating gummy bears right now. Oh, people hate when you eat. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I know, I'm so sorry, everyone. No, 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 no. So, um... So during the dinner, the Flip It Like Disick star surprised the 20-year-old star with a a luxurious cross necklace that was embellished with diamonds. What's more, the dazzling piece even made Amelia tear up as Scott placed the item around her neck. After showing off her lavish gift, Amelia kissed the 38-year-old father of three. This article literally keeps saying their ages again and again, so I can't tell if it's like a troll or not. Um, But then they went to... Uh, uh, live LIV nightclub in Miami beach for a special birthday celebration. And Scott made a quick appearance in the DJ booth before headed back to the hotel for the evening, which I love Scott made money off her birthday. Like he did an appearance, like he did an appearance in the DJ booth and that always guarantees like money. Oh, Um, of course. And it's, he made more from showing up in a DJ booth than I make in a year probably. Oh, Oh, without, I mean, two years. Yeah. Two years. I mean, uh, the only thing I, I, it's like, it is what it is, I guess. Nothing's going to, by the way, they obviously do not care what we're saying about them, but I would just, I just think it's going to be, it's going to whack somebody that supposedly has body issues. I just don't see this going well. I, I don't know. It's like, it's weird to start thinking of Delilah as the cool Hamlin, like the other daughter, mm-hmm. like, and I think she dates a guy from love Island but it is weird to think of like, wow, she's the uh, she's the one behind the scenes now. I didn't know that her because I don't watch Love Island. I didn't know that her boyfriend was on Love Island. But I yeah. was looking at Delilah's Instagram, and it's like, oh, she looks happy. She looks like she's in a normal, healthy relationship. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I was like, Delilah seems like she's you know the stable one right now. I feel you know, especially just thinking about the issues that Amelia has had. In the past, you I worry about her. I'm like, where are the adults in her life? Like, she has had issues, you know, with eating and just, you know, mental health and all of that. It's like, where is her mother? You know, like, this is a predatory man. Like, well, where is her mother is exactly right. Cause Lisa Rinna, of course, is her mother. And you're caught up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And trigger warning for anybody, I talked about this last week, but there was a scene. I mean, we, Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin, we do have to do a deep dive at some point because so many people sent me disturbing allegations of Harry Hamlin all week. And there was this really bizarre story that Lisa was telling Garcelle and the rest of the ladies at a nice dinner where she compared herself. Uh, and the situation with Denise Richards last season to a story about Harry and one of his best friends who had, they had a drink, they left and the, his best friend raped somebody that night, went to jail. All of the other friends were visiting him and Harry did not feel like visiting him and he did not. And then it somehow that was supposed to tie back to Lisa and that she was a good person for but then also it got so convoluted lisa was like i i know secrets about denise that i will take to my grave that's how good of a friend i am which is just literally not the definition of a good friend yeah no exactly it was just a ridiculous comparison and garcelle was right when she was like never tell that story again like it was just yeah it was ridiculous and rena just it's very obvious this season that she needs to go she brings nothing. It's time. It's time. 
time. Like her time is up. She did, you know, she had a good run. She had her moments where she really was bringing, you know, good drama and like stirring the pot, you know, doing what needed to be done, but there is no need for her anymore. She no longer serves a purpose on the show. In fact, the show will be better without her. Like she needs to go. I can't with her cackling anymore. Like every time I hear her Uh, screeching. It's never funny either. She's laughing at jokes that don't exist. And it's confusing me. Always laughing at herself. Oh my God. So annoying. Always laughing at her own jokes. Oh my God. What was it? Oh, when Crystal was talking about um, how she was like, she was like, yeah, so I wanted to give birth at this specific time because it's a good, it's good luck in Chinese culture, this number or whatever it is. And Rena in her like confessional, she was like, I didn't play in anything. I fucked, uh, gave birth and had the kid or whatever. I fucked, got pregnant and gave birth. <laughs> you can just imagine the camera crew is just dead face. Just stone yeah. why don't I ever give laughs from you guys? Yeah, I'm like, what's funny? She's like, in that order. Ah! I'm like, what is funny about that, Rinna? Like, shut the fuck up. Lisa Rinna needs to be on the second. Lisa Rinna needs to be on the second season of Hacks on HBO Max. Across Gene Smart as like another Vegas comedian. Like Wait, I haven't watched that yet. But oh, it's so good. It's really, it's really good. They ended the first season this past week. Ten episodes, really great. Um, but it's all you know. But it's about a Vegas comedian, kind of a la Joan Rivers. And Gene Smart is great in the title role. But Lisa Rinna reminds me of a hacky older comedian. Like I always say, it's like a Carol Channing where you can see her on Broadway at like Hello Dolly or MAME or one of those shows where it needs an older lady that thinks they're super funny. And I just, but also we need to break up the, the group of, I think people... I think Lisa Rinna, if she did go, it would be a strategic move to like kind of shake things up in a really good way to like right now there is like the quote unquote Fox Force five, which includes Dorit, uh, Lisa, Teddy, unfortunately, Kyle and Erica Jane. Now, Erica Jane should be Erica Jane and Rinna, I think just. I think Erica Jane for legal reasons and Rinna just for the show itself should just go. Yeah, and even Erica Jane for the fact that she really, I mean, I'm excited to see her drama this season. Yes, oh, very much so. What has her, like, plot or drama been? Like, she really never really, I feel like her and Dorit, it's kind of like, wear cute outfits, like, bring the fashion, and then you don't really have to bring the storylines. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just... We need term limits. We need term limits on housewives. We need, we need, I feel like it, it, or they need a, there needs to be an election process and we reelect certain housewives if they, we, if they want four more years or something, but I don't think it works. Luckily, I feel like they, the Bravo producers, Andy, whoever it is, I feel like they pay attention to what the fans are saying. So like if enough to a degree, but I also think, don't you think, but I think to a degree, but at the same time, they're going to cast who they're, they're going to cast. Like, I don't think you watch real housewives of Orange County, but they supposedly have spent all this time. It's the only housewives show that has not started filming yet. And uh, they, there was supposedly a rumored cast shakeup and that's what they were taking their time with. And then supposedly we find out this week, but I'm hearing that they are going to bring back the entire cast back. And I was saying this on a Patreon episode today is that they they're doing this. Like I thought they were doing, they're taking their time to really make sure all the 
pieces are in place. But in reality, I think they were just waiting us out. The same thing with Vanderpump Rules is that they weren't really thinking about. They were just like, well, hopefully everything will die down with Black Lives Matter and everything's like that. And and we can just get back to normal. And I feel like they waited us out more than actually change the foundation of this show. I'd be surprised, though, if they brought back like Bronwyn. I think they they are. What I think they are. Yeah. I mean, I. I feel like Bron was is the worst kind of housewife because she is so inauthentically like she's so inauthentic and so thirsty. Like, but she says she says the right things on every um, social justice uh, issue. She says the right things, but it, it's tempered on the other side with somebody that I cannot believe on the show or their social media presence. So I can't tell if sometimes she's really standing for these things or if she's trying to align herself with, with, with good people, with the people that I actually genuinely believe in. I know she's friendly with a lot of people that I know in this Bravo extended universe of like other podcasters and things like that. I have not brought myself to be able to like reach out to interview her because I wouldn't know what to say to her because a lot of what she does reads so performative. Exactly. It feels performative because you, she says all these talking points and buzzwords when she's talking about social issues, but when it comes down to it, um, I don't know everything that I've seen and heard and read about her. Like I know that her daughter came out and said that, you know, she didn't have a relationship with her mom. Like it's just, I don't know. Bronwyn just, I do not care for at all. And I do not want to see her on my screen. Like I also the whole, Oh my God, the whole, how she's still married to her husband. Yeah. And then, but then she tried to throw her. So she just celebrated 500 days sober sobriety, which is amazing. That to me was amazing. Like I always said, I wish Bronwyn had like did the first episode, said she was an alcoholic and then uh, took the rest of the season off instead of putting that all out there with her family and things like that. I think it was potentially damaging, But she also now, even in like interviews, I was reading one just recently said, you know, said her husband had brought another woman into the mayor. I I don't know what to believe anymore, but it's weird because I believe, you know, us, like I keep saying, this is like a theme of mine of saying we're very sophisticated as audiences who have watched these. We're very smart people that watch these shows. I'm not including myself, but most of you guys are super smart watching these shows you can usually, we, we have this sixth sense inside of us, like where we're like, we know what's bullshit and what's not. And like, we can trust that. And it's usually pretty dead on. And there was something fishy there. And it's just like her with like calling paparazzi and then saying she didn't call paparazzi. Oh my God. What a you joke. Know? I mean, paparazzi are waiting outside of Bronwyn's house. From well, she's, housewives. she's the only one where I've actually studied metrics on Instagram and stuff like that. And she is like the least liked, uh, housewife, I believe, on Instagram in terms of likes and things like that. Wait, the least liked housewife, like across in terms franchise. of like in terms of like getting likes on Instagram. In you terms know? of like all franchises, uh, I believe so. I think. Yeah, so. Well, it depends. Like this season of Potomac did wonders for the ladies, and they all shot up in terms of wow. you know. But you can see that it kind of hit. But there are other like Kelly Dodd insanely popular on social media and i don't i don't like kelly dot at all but insanely popular yeah that doesn't surprise me um Um, so elizabeth elizabeth was like i have good news everyone i can't share it yet but i've got good elizabeth vargas you guys if you didn't watch realize orange county she was so batshit crazy Mm -hmm. um and it kind of was fun but it kind of was so bizarre because it 
paired her up with all these ladies that didn't have natural relationships with each other. So we were already in COVID and quarantine. And then we were watching these ladies and it was just so, it felt like an out of body experience watching orange County this season, but she did. She teased on her Instagram of like, good news today. I can't tell you what it is, but very good day. Very good day. Very good, good, good day. And Jimmy, her boyfriend kind or whatever he was, was like next to her. (laughs) But I was like, if you're going to bring everybody back, what was the point in waiting? Okay. But let's wait for them to officially announce it. Do you know for sure that that's it's from a, from a highly placed source, Andy Cohen. Uh, No, I'm not. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing if Andy just slips me uh, good, like little bits. I would love that. No, we'll find out for sure this week, but if you're going to even keep her, I mean, then I, it would I surprise me because the ratings, I feel like, aren't they worried about ratings because people like are just not interested in watching the cast from last season. I would think they were worried about ratings, but now I'm like wondering if they just have like, they're satisfied with a certain number because already Dallas is already in pre-production. They added one new cast member, I believe uh, of a, I believe an African-American. I'm not, hundred percent sure. Um, but it was very interesting, Beverly Hills. And I know you're not watching New York, but New York and Beverly Hills, you had a Tuesday, Wednesday mashup of having a very similar conversation, um, in term. I mean, you had Sutton and crystal on one side on Beverly Hills, but on the other side, you had, uh, Ebony and Luann and Ramona and the rest of the ladies have a very, what I thought was one of the best what Ebony spoke so uh, eloquently about what it means to be triggered by angry black woman. And I'm not trying to say eloquent as in like, good for you. Miss, uh, you know, no, no, I'm just saying literally like a very well-spoken to the point where I transcribed it. Cause I did not, I hated it so much. Cause usually I can take notes on these shows and I can just paraphrase the stupid shit they say, but like, it frustrates me when you have somebody so smart, like Ebony, where I have to rewind, right? Rewind, right? Because I didn't want to get it wrong. And she said such amazing words about what it means for her to be triggered by angry black woman. And uh, I thought it was so powerful, but I sometimes think it's wasted. You know, I think it potentially I would be curious because it taught me a little bit, but I'm I feel like I'm already kind of like in that headspace of trying to learn anyways. I would be interested to see what other people think thought about it. But I sometimes think it's wasted on those ladies because They're not listening. You just see their egos like go red and they're not even thinking about race. They're thinking of, she thinks she's better than me. She thinks, you know, she thinks I don't have class. I'm the countess. Damn it. I can't with New York. I really can't. I, every time I try to watch it this season, I can't even finish an episode, honestly. Like I get too annoyed. Oh, the first 20 minutes were so disheartening. And even like, but even like Leah, it's like, blow it out of your ass, Leah. Like I I just can't, I, I can't handle it anymore. Yeah, Leah sucks. Like, it's just annoying. Like, I just like, they're, I mean, like, yeah, I just, Leah, Heather, like. Yeah, they were all doofuses. They were, you know, Sonia, Sonia knocked it out of the park. And that's why I was like, Sonia said so many amazing things that I was like, damn girl, where, you know, like, which by the way, I was like, damn girl, you better release that toaster oven right now because you have a lot of buyers just on how well you performed this past week's episode. But speaking of toaster oven, did you see the hubbub about Bethany Frankel? Um, was it that she 
she got in a fight with Don Gunvalson's. Um, well, that's one. Well, so so Don Gunvalson will be on the podcast this week. We're very excited to have him back, and we'll be talking about the Bethany kerfluffle, which that did happen, you guys. Bethany didn't realize that Don Gunvalson was a parody account run by a gentleman named Jordan Ross Myers, um, and he's awesome, great guy. But um, Bethany thought she was fighting with the real Don Gumbelson. And then Bethany didn't understand why somebody would do a parody account of a lesser known character on housewives, which is exactly why it is brilliant. And that is the fucking funny, funny and like believable, but it's like, you know, sometimes it's like, you got to take the L and it's like, if you want to be extremely wealthy, know that you're going to lose out on some of your cool points. Don't try so hard. You don't get the average person's humor anymore. It's, it surpassed you, not just because of age, but because of tax bracket. Like it does not exist for you anymore. So she tried to get into a fight with Dawn on Twitter and she was just getting her ass handed to her. And Bethany could, Bethany finally blocked him and was just like, this is why I don't do social media. But really is such a believable account like demois posted it once not realizing it was a parody account like oh it even fooled vicky gunvalson and vicky was married to dawn you know i mean and he has another he has another parody account of lee radswill he does that account as oh, well oh i didn't know that yeah oh my god i didn't even know that but by the way you can't do like because Jordan lives for shit like that. It's like you fall, you fell into the palm of his hand with Bethany. And he was like, hell yeah. Cause he's like, please, I, you know, he has a podcast of his own and he's like, yes, give, give me the attention that I, I so, I so deserve Bethany, but her whole sh- uh, show, you guys, big shot with Bethany on HBO max wrapped its first season. And there was an announcement this week. This was in the news as well is that she is no, she is not doing a second season and she has left the deal um, of MGM and Mark Burnett Productions who produces Survivor and The Apprentice and they are going their separate ways. But it was a pretty bad show and it does not, I thought they would still do a second season. But I mean, that's a huge, and Bethany said in her statement so she could, she could um, be more real on her podcast and that's why she left. And I'm like, girl- you didn't leave because you could be more real on your podcast. Yeah, like what? Okay. So I didn't watch the show. Like what do we think really happened with that? Like what's the real scoop? Well, I think the real scoop is that it like, they spent a lot of money on production. It looked beautiful shot really well, but at the same time, it was such a mess. Bethany turned out to be more frantic and not, it didn't seem like she, she had a strong leadership component to herself it it, it came off as just very power hungry and me 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 where there were rules of it like where you'd fire somebody but then she started bringing people back it didn't seem like she was very decisive at one point she called Bryn her daughter and her daughter decided if they wanted to fire a guy or not it was like it felt like another one of those like fever dreams of like am I watching this so eventually it worked for me if you if you viewed it as a train wreck and you're like, then it's kind of fun. But like, if you were watching on the thing of like, if you like the apprentice or something like that, or survivor or any kind of shows like that, it didn't work on that because the rules were never adhered to, but not even not adhered to in a fun way, just not adhered to. And it just became a mess. I thought it was filmed in like, Oh, this is one of those things filmed in three weeks. And I had DJ Nicole Rose, who was one of the uh, kind of the breakout contestant, I guess she said they filmed like two, two plus months. 
And I was like, you would never have known that. You would never, you didn't know the backgrounds of these contestants. It turned out they did have business backgrounds, but it made it seem like they were just casting off the street. It was just really, I, I don't know, it just felt really poorly put together for people of that stature. So do we think it was canceled? I think they were told they weren't going forward. I think it was like Bravo, how they let... Uh, people that they're not renewing their contracts like Hannah Burner or Jax yeah. Taylor. I think they let them go, you know, you can say what you want, but we're not renewing the contract. Yeah. They're allowed to rewrite the narrative a little bit. Yeah. So, Hey, I guess Bethany is going to put out the best podcast that's ever known to pot. I just think cer- certain people, when you try to be that on top of things and the cool person, you're never going to be the cool person. Yeah, no. And I mean, I feel like that kind of shtick, like the whole girl boss thing, like being successful by being like a ruthless, like piece of shit. Like that's very, you know, that that was very early aughts apprentice Donald Trump, like the girl boss stuff. Like that's not that's like out of fashion now. Like, I mean, it's it's, it's it's very it's parodied now, you know what I said? It's parodied almost girl boss. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it doesn't feel very 2021. Again, I didn't watch the show. I have zero interest in watching the show. Like, like I said, New York has always been my least favorite franchise. I have the least amount of interest in all of the New York housewives, honestly, besides Jill Zarin, miss her, but, um, and, and Alex McCord. I do, Uh, man. I would kill to see an update on Alex and Simon. Oh, and I'm in Brooklyn just trying (laughs) to survive. I, I I want to see an episode where he tries to get back in those red leather pants and sings I am real. Like it's like Batman donning the cape again. Oh like he just yes. looks at the red leather pants and they call to him, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um uh yeah, so I didn't watch the show. I didn't watch it, can't speak a lot on it, but yeah, it sounds like something that just like was not gonna succeed anyway. Oh my God. That's, I just thought of like a mayor of East town update where it's a guy kidnapping ladies and, and then making them watch the big shot with Bethany. It's like, that's the form of torture. He's like, oh, you have to watch the first season. You do it. You know, like, no, no. <laughs> oh my God. Like a black mirror episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, okay. This is a little braggy you guys, but I, there's a reason why I'm saying it. So I've always had a dream to be in Us Weekly, Daily Mail, things like that. And it finally happened this week um, because I uh, went to Kylie Jenner's house and proposed. No, um, no, no, no. I did not do anything. I was not the stalker at Kylie's place. But the Us Weekly, People Magazine, uh, Daily Mail, they picked up the Heather Gay podcast interview I did with her where she said she was going to stick by Jen Shaw and that innocent until proven guilty. And the only reason I say like, it meant so much to me to see myself in Us Weekly and Daily Mail. I mean, really, that was such a, a bucket list item of, of like, I'll know I'm doing all right if I'm if I can see my name in any of these. Oh my No, no, it really, it was like one of those like kind of moments of like, man, this is so, and I know it doesn't mean anything in the whole scheme of things. It's an exclusive that you got. It really was. Well, and the sad, well, here's the deal. So like, of course I would want to brag about it and put it on my Instagram and stuff. But the thing is, I wouldn't do that because I saw how much hate Heather was getting for the comments that she said. And it was one of those weird spots of like, 
because people were like, how dare you stick by Jen Shaw? How dare you? And, and the way she explained it on the podcast, I mean, I even knew when she was saying it, I said, oh, you know how that sounds, right? And she goes, I'm not crazy. I know what it sounds like, but I don't just dip out on friends. You know, I want to wait to hear all the evidence. And if she is guilty, I do believe in uh, making restitution, forgiveness. That's that's always been who I am. And so the way she explained it to me, it made sense. But I still knew I flagged it as, hey, you know, I, I don't think. And I gave her the opportunity to cut anything out that she wanted cut out. And she said, no, I left it. You know, and, and I was also kind of worried because I know Bra- she did this without Bravo's permission. So the thing that when all these places started picking up the story, I got really nervous because I don't want to like Heather did do this. It was very nice of her to do this. And she, I really did. I really like Heather. And I saw like Christian Gray Snow put it on his thing and like people were attacking her under the comments. And so I wasn't going to put it up of like, look at me and us weekly, even though I wanted to, because I was so proud of it, but also I would never want, I don't want people to pile on Heather because the whole thing is like, I'm looking for people to tell me the truth. Like I was telling her the truth that I don't believe that Jen Shaw is innocent. And that's the kind of conversations I look to have. And I want to encourage people to have those, but it is interesting because we do have a pile on kind of attitude. Now, myself included, I pile on immediately, but do you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I feel like she should know that it's going to be a rough second season for her if she aligns herself with Jen Shaw. It's just the reality of it. She can defend her all she wants. She can make up all these excuses and talk all she wants about, you know, the righteous, being a good friend, whatever it is. Um, Just the reality of it is that viewers will not tolerate any Jen Shaw sympathy. This is someone who like literally, you know, is a predatory scammer. Um, and I think with the, with the Erica Jane stuff right now, it's a real good litmus test. Like I keep saying of what Jen Shaw is going to have to go through in terms of the, the fans and yeah, and even worse, Jen Shaw will have it even worse because she's actually the one directly involved. involved. Yeah. yeah. Like Erica at least can, she's going to play it off and pretend that, you know, she had no idea it was all Tom, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I mean, the more I'm watching the season, the, cause I, I did say like Erica, 1000% knew and there is evidence that she, you know, was signing stuff. And yeah, she just, was served papers in September exactly. before they even started filming. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe with Erica. We're just going to have to like see it all play out. Um, but with the Jen Shaw thing, it's like she actually is charged. And she also only had one season under her belt where people didn't like her to begin with. Like she is going to get flayed. And yeah. I think that yeah. she, and she probably like, is aware of that. But you know, when you're wanting attention and wanting to be in the limelight and wanting to be on the show, like she's probably okay with that. Yeah. It's but- weird. It is weird. Our like quest for fame, how it really has, it just, it envelops us now, you know? But yeah, that's why it's like Heather went from being a fan favorite to if she becomes like Jen Shaw's one ally. Well, but to see, that's what I'm curious about. I'm curious who is going against her this season. Now, we do know that Mary Cosby and Heather Gay both unfollowed each other this week on the old gram of Insta. And so we know that, but like which other ladies stand by her and which don't. And that's what I'm excited to see because we know in Beverly Hills, I believe Sutton is one of the only ladies to go up against Erica Jane this season. And if you watch Sutton this far, it's kind of amusing because 
she's not having the best season. So just to know this is coming down the pike, I cannot wait to see Sutton's facial reactions to whatever Erica Jane does. I love Sutton, like going after Erica in the previews, like someone has to. And yeah, like Sutton is sensitive. I mean, by like, like really sensitive. Yes. Extremely sensitive. It should be like hilarious to see play out, but yeah, anyone going against Erica and having the balls to, um, like, you know, stand and even like Dorit in the preview Dorit was like, it makes me sick. Like it was like, you know, like plane crash victims. Like, uh, it was plane crash victims, Erica. That's my Dorit. Oh, Sorry. oh my God. I wish I could do a Dorit impression. I really can't. No matter. It sounds like C-3PO from Star Wars. Like, Master Luke, there is people coming uh, after us, Master Luke. Well, me being, uh, you know, a child of the world. Yeah, I, guess. I don't see Southerners. I don't see. I am a child of the world. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, no, I feel like Dorit, um, yeah, we'll see. I Dorit again is in the click. So like, I don't know, will she go up? But it's like, Dorit, I feel like has a good moral compass where you can kind of always count on her to like, like with the Denise stuff. She did stand up for Denise when people weren't standing up for Denise. So like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, I, I keep thinking about this in terms of myself of like, where is the line for you with your friends? You know, we heard that Lisa story, that crazy batshit about Harry and his friend, the rapist. Mm-hmm. And like, where is your thing with your friends? Like, where is the line? Because I've lied for friends in the past, nothing to do with like legalities or something that would like, but I, I, you know, I've told white lies for friends of like, Oh yeah, I, I, I didn't see that person that night, you know, like, because we didn't invite our one friend out with us, you know, I've done little lies like that. Where, where would you, with your bestest friend in the world, how far would you go for them? Well, I think if, if they do something actually fucked up, like I am the first person to be like, no, that's like not the best move. Like I, you can ask any of my friends, like I am, I will be honest with you. I'm not going to bullshit you. And if you, you know, if it's like a white lie, if like, you know, someone like needs me to cover for them because they can't make it to like, I don't know, a bridal shower. Like I'll be like, yeah, they're sick. You know what I mean? Like a harmless, whatever it is. But like, if it's, you know, a moral issue where, you know, the law is involved, like Rena's example, or, um, you know, if we're talking about like Erica Jane or whoever it is, like, yeah, I will be the first person to be like, yeah, no, you need to clarify on like this because this is fucked up. And I do not want people in my life that I feel like are um, like morally corrupt, the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. It's like, I just, I don't want morally corrupt people in my life. And I feel like I have a good, um, I have a good limits test or I mean a good radar for that. So I feel like, you know, the people that are in my life that I am close to, like, I don't have to worry about that. Do you mind if I ask your friends to confirm this? Yeah. you Would you give me a list of like, uh, references if you will? I mean, Uh, you Absolutely can because I promise it's true. It's oh my god! What if I? What if we did a deep dive on Sophie one day and Sophie like Sophie just happens to look and it's like deep dive Sophie Ross. Who is she and where did she come from? And you interviewed like all of my yeah friends. <laughs> yeah. By the way, your mom's already asked to be on the show, so I've got one there. I'm oh sure. My we god. Um. Wait, you just went back to your parents this weekend, didn't you? Or was you? Well, I thought you said you posted a, a photo of that dog and you said it was your oh, family. Oh, I wasn't at my parents. Oh, okay. I thought you had visited or something. Oh, so the puppy, the puppy was born, our new puppy. So that picture is actually from um, the breeder. 
But um, yeah, so our beloved standard poodle, Lucy, passed away in February. May she rest in peace. Even though I'm Jewish, I do the cross sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) But she passed away in February and our other poodle needs a new friend. So we're getting another poodle. Well, I saw that photo and I thought, well, my first thought was, holy shit, you took one of Amanda Batula's dogs. Like I thought she had given you one of the dogs and I was like, holy. And then I go, is this? And then you go, it's my mom's. And I'm like, you gave your mom one of Amanda Batula's dogs? I was like, I was so confused. And that's why. Different breed. I know. I didn't, I wasn't looking super close. Um, yeah, you just saw a puppy with its eyes closed and you're like, Amanda Petula. Wait, where were you when you were on the penthouse the other day? You were like, it's some fat ass apartment. Oh, just this nice ass apartment. It was so like, I was like, geez, it actually is a fancy restaurant. So it's the tallest building in, or the tallest residential building, either like in the country or the world or something. Is that like the Flatiron district or where's no, it's in, it's by Central Park and it's on Park Avenue and it's just this massive, massive. And the apartment that I was at was on the 87th floor and my ears popped on the way up. Oh, the and feel, feel the building I sway. Like I'm going up to my fourth floor apartment. I'm like, hope you're not afraid of heights. <laughs> no, I like that. I was like, geez, that view I was like, wow. Um, okay. So. Beverly Hills, New York. Um, I also want to point out, I don't think you're watching this, but uh, Family Karma season two is actually pretty good, you guys. If you haven't watched, the first season is only eight episodes. Second season already started with a bang. It kind of like is just like a different energy. Uh, I think we really should support it. So so try to, to dip into that if you can. Uh, Below Deck, uh, Below Deck is, I believe... Tomorrow night, uh, Below Deck Sailing Yacht, it is the season finale, which we just got to get to the reunion because JL and uh, the the lady on the ship, they got pregnant and then he didn't, like, she, he's not in the baby's life. So supposedly they're going to talk about this at the reunion. But to me, it just adds a whole nother level I of like, that show. It's so, it, I'm telling you, when you know real life stakes, like babies are involved and they crashed the yacht at one point, like real life things like that really amp up the excitement. I was just like, whoa, you know, it, it, yeah, it adds to, something. I need to start with that for sure. Um, wait, have you been watching Top Chef? Um, I'm four behind and it sucks because I read so many things about this week's episode saying that it was one of the most touching, heartwarming, amazing episodes of top chef. And it like, they were like, it's insane how good it is. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, it is. I feel like all of the top chef seasons are amazing in my opinion. Like everyone's like, this is the best cast ever. And I'm like, I say that every season they're just all like the casts are always amazing. They're just all like amazing, like great chefs like what's not to love every season but yeah, yeah this season is good this episode i actually have it on in the background right now but um yeah it's a very emotional episode great season it's like about to be the finale almost so yeah wait uh and and spoiler alert you guys but i'm just asking because uh, but spoiler alert who why was it emotional like was it just two people that were so good fighting for the top spot um yeah so basically the challenge was there it like every time they get like letters from home and stuff like that I always lose it like it's always just so sweet and touching so they got boxes that were um sent to them like care packages from home 
So like, you know, what your family would think would be like comfort food for you, like in a care package. And they have to make a dish out of that. And Jamie actually got, she got like matzo ball soup and challah bread because her and her friends love going to a Jewish deli together. She was like, I'm not, what do I do with this matzo ball soup? So it was funny. But anyway, um, I'd have to do hamburger helper or my take on that, you know? Yeah. But two in the, the bottom two or whatever, again, spoiler alert. Um, one of them was like, I will go home. Do not send this person home. They, they deserve to stay. I'll go home. Like let them stay. And the judges were like, wait, like, are you quitting? Because that's what this means. And it was just a whole thing, like very emotional where this person was like, I just want like, let this person say they deserve it more than me. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was just sweet. And again, it's like top chef is just emotional. Cause it's like, you can see just the blood, sweat and tears they put in. Like, I just have never seen something harder on reality TV. Honestly, it always cracks me up. The top chef is on Bravo because you go from housewives that have no discernible talent. And I do mean Luann singing to somebody like top chef where it's like, th- these are artists. These are artists. Yeah, they're like Michelin star chefs. Like, they're yeah. like, you know, like you can't just be like casual, like kind of good at cooking, like on Chopped. That's why when people try to argue like about the different cooking shows, I'm like Top Chef is the one show where they are all like Michelin star chefs or like not Michelin star, but like they're all like the the head chefs of restaurants. Like yeah. they're all or James Beard award winners or whatever it is. Like they're all like freaking like insane like just insanely talented so yeah it's just like i don't even cook like i don't watch it to be like oh new technique i'm like entertained it is like a great like it's different from like the normal bravo reality shows but it's chef's kiss no pun intended (laughs) um what is the most egregious lie that you've ever been told on a dating app the most egregious lie that I've like. Ever- I was I was at uh, a bre- breakfast the other day with two of my uh, girlfriends, and one was showing me their dating app, and it was like this guy. It was like Robert, thirty-seven, and he looked like he was near death. He had all white hair, white beard. I mean, genuinely yeah. looked like he was in his fifties, and he had a big smile on his face, and it said Robert, thirty-seven. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from third. performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys, don't worry. You did not start the show over again. This is just to delineate that I am talking about our sponsor today, BetterHelp. I've been talking about them the past couple of weeks, and I could not recommend them more. This is a service that is going to pair you up with a professional licensed therapist. All you have to do is reach out and they will get back to you within 48 hours. Now, this is a service that I actually use that does help me and I could not recommend it more, especially in this day and age. Who at this point wants to drive anywhere unless it's to see your friends and have a great time? This is a great way to do this in the comfort of your own home. And what's so cool is right now, if you visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad, uh, they will give us so bad it's good listeners 10% off your first month and I think that's just amazing it's a good way to try something out that I think is going to really help fulfill you and get you to lead a better life and you know we get a little discount so that's amazing so once again go to betterhelp.com forward slash so bad now is the time to take charge of your mental health and there is no better way to do it than with a licensed therapist at BetterHelp. Yeah, I was going to say the thing that really kills me on dating apps is the height, how guys and I again, it's like I've I've dated guys that are like over six feet, under six feet. Like I'm like not one of those people that's like, oh, I will only date a guy that's six, four. Like, I'm not like that. I don't you're not you're not after Austin from Southern Charm. Yeah, like I would. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like. <laughs> What kills me is when a guy is like, I'm 5'11". And you know, like 5'11 is like when they they round up just under six feet because they think they can get away with it. And then they're like 5'6 in real life. And it's like, again, it's like, I have nothing against someone who's 5'6", but it's like, why lie? Like, I'm, you know, you're just going to disappoint the person. It's like, I, I feel like that just pisses me off. And that happens all the time on these dating apps. It would be funny if like, I wonder if women like sometimes show up and then you can just read on their faces. They're pissed. They're like, damn it. Damn it. I just personally, I'm, I mean, I'm not tall. I'm like five, five. So I'm not short. I just like, you know, a taller gentleman. You like a tall drink of water. It's, it's kind of just a personal preference for me that like, I, that's what I'm attracted to. Yeah. Like a tall drink of water that like, for me, it's like, I just, you know, the big, the bigness, I like bigness, but like, <laughs> no, so it's like, if a guy shows up after, you know, I was thinking he was like, you know, how a lot taller yeah. and being five, six, of course I'm going to be disappointed. If I'd gone into the date knowing he was five, six, that'd be one thing, but it's yeah, like but five, six, but with a good personality that five, nine, that'll add three inches right. right there. So it's like, all you had to do was like, if, if under the pretenses of you being five, six, if you know, maybe that's why they lie though. They feel like they can't get like enough dates. Well, I wonder what, cause they obviously are cocky enough where they're like, I can convert on personality. If I just get the chance, I will come off as a tall but, guy. But to me, that's such a turnoff because like it, for me, it's like, why lie? You're not going to change my mind about like my own just like sexual preferences. <laughs> Are you sure? Wait, wait a sec. Let me mansplain why you're wrong about your preferences. But you know what I mean? It's just like to me, it's just more of a turnoff. I'm like, you lied. Has there ever been a lie that you've told on a dating app? Um, 
I honestly, I think I'm, I'm pretty straight up. I'm, you get what you, you get what you see with me. I remember my ex, um, when we, we started dating, she told, she, I was like that. She said she was all, she was into all the same music as I was. And I was like, and this was like a long time ago, you guys. So I was like, Ben Folds Five. Count, I was like, all these bands, Counting Crows, Ben Folds Five. And I was like, what, Jimmy Eat World? I was like, what are the chances? That's amazing. And then we were like two years into our relationship and she had let me know she hates all those bands and she just got those CDs to try to impress me. And you guys, it fucked me up because I had literally, the whole, like one of the things about the relationship was I was like, you like the same music like- I do. And I bought it. I was like- so then it was like going to the concert. She's like, I don't want to fucking see them in concert. And I was like, what? You said you had the CDs? Yeah, I bought those to impress you. And I was like, that's so like deep. You know, that's such a deep thing. Like she told me she liked the Goo Goo Dolls. I immediately said, I hate the Goo Goo Dolls because I hate the Goo Goo Dolls. Like I was honest with her about my hatred of the Goo Goo Dolls, you know? Yeah, I don't like that. I just, I, yeah, I don't like anyone that like lies or says anything to impress anyone for any reason it's like just be yourself like that extends to like beyond dating apps and just in life like you know how some people are like kind of pathological liars and they like you know make up things to impress people it's just weird like i i just don't like when people do that in general um but wait there's something i was gonna say about um, lying oh dating. one thing that i have lied about is like you know how guys are like obsessed with the gym like all guys like love going to the gym. I'm not. No, I, I'm not. I actually genuinely am not familiar with that. No. Okay. I and, do not. Okay. Well, I'm exaggerating, but a lot of men, it's like a, a, a guy thing to not you in particular, Ryan, but you know that I feel like more so with men than women, it's like grinding at the gym, like stress relief, like, <laughs> you know, like guys just love going to the gym every single day. It's like a guy thing. Yeah. And I'm not a guy. Like, yeah. I, I like really like, very rarely work out these days. It's been a long time since I've had like a good workout, but like on a date once, like he was talking about working out every day and I was like, Oh yeah, same. Like I was like (laughs) one time, like I like actually embellished. I was like, I can't believe I did that. That was really weird. Like I was like, like, I squat two fifty. What's up? Pretending I was like super into fitness and like, I don't know why I think I was just trying to impress him, but it like, it was, (laughs) You're like, I'm on anabolic steroids, just so you know. Like, that's how serious I take this. But yeah, after the fact, yeah, I was like, that was really weird of me. Like, (laughs) I, yeah, I, it's something that I just like, yeah. Lying to impress people, don't like it. Well, here's a little white lie that was told. Aaron Carter said he could beat Lamar Odom in a celebrity boxing match this weekend. And Aaron Carter, just like we all knew, got his ass handed to him because Lamar Odom is like, 10 feet taller than Aaron Carter. And it was really like these celebrity boxing matches. Okay. Celebrity boxing matches and the YouTube uh, online uh, boxing matches, whether it be Logan Paul, Jake Paul, it's got to stop. I don't know what, because all we're doing is making every one of these people richer. And I know Aaron Carter needs the money and so does Lamar Odom, but these Paul brothers, they're getting upwards of $20 million to do these fights. And it's got to stop. Like, no, I know these people are jokes. But people want to watch then it. They, then, then somebody needs to die. Then one of the Paul, like, then death needs to be on the table. 
Something, yeah, something needs to, well, like... because I don't, because I'm not going to, like... There, yeah, like, because the, the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather, it was a draw, like, every, it was like a tie, and that's bullshit. Somebody's got to die if we're going to take that seriously. We're oh, yeah, paying- that was bullshit. That fight, that's where, okay, yeah. Again, it goes, as reality TV lovers, we want authenticity. That yes. is all we ask for. And that pisses me off. The fake fight, like, come on. Like, it was so, the fact that he wasn't absolutely demolished by Floyd Mayweather was clearly, you know, like that. They knew that if it went through, my guess is that if it went to all eight rounds or whatever, more commercials, more money, like. Oh, yeah. You can't, like, knock him out in the first round when you're, like, this much money is on the table. Like, it just, it. but it's so freaking annoying because, again, all we ask for is for authenticity, Yes. Like I want Floyd Mayweather to do his, like to do the best he can. Like Floyd Mayweather obviously didn't train and like, but Floyd Mayweather still being very short and like uh, underweight uh, compared to, to Logan should have still been able to demolish him. Like it shouldn't even have been, it should have been insane. And I think that's what we all want or for the Paul brothers to cry like on TV. Like we want that. And we're just making them richer. And that's the frustrating part or when people fail upwards, whether it be Jax Taylor or them, it's, it's frustrating to watch because we're like, no, like we're getting back. Nature is healing. We need them to die. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do need to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it frustrates me. And it, 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 the celebrity boxing match of it all, the, the, uh, the Aaron Carter, Lamar Oda made me very sad just because those are two people that are very troubled. And it's always oh, sad when you get to the celebrity. Like the crackhead, like- yeah, it's like the celebrity boxing match stage of your career. Yeah. But I was reminded of something that reversed that whole thing was that we had the quote unquote series finale of keeping up with the Kardashians this past Thursday. And it was a very ho-hum by the book series finale that really did not stick out. I'd be shocked if it got good ratings. Uh, I believe you even tweeted there wasn't a lot of social media about I the show. Nothing. I saw literally like nothing about it. it. Was I think it was just me and you tweeting. Yeah, seriously, like no tributes. I even like, I I don't follow them on Instagram. I sometimes like look yeah, at I, them. I, I don't either actually. I follow Chris Jenner. I follow Chris Jenner. I noticed that like none of them even like Kendall didn't post about it. Like they weren't even doing, I think that they are at the point where they think they are bigger than a show. And I think they'll realize that, you know, people are just going to care less and less. I don't think the show was like- But the show's know, not going. I mean, the show's just moving to Hulu really. And I feel like they even are like, I'm tired of like keeping up this lie. But it's still like, I don't know, like they made a whole to do about 20 seasons, like this whole like series finale, like, you know, they made all they they tried to make it into a big thing. But then like, it It wasn't a big thing. It was just like, it was very like, um, anticlimactic. I mean, I didn't even watch it. But just watching, you know, the social media like reactions and stuff like no one I know that it's coming to Hulu or something is coming to Hulu. Yeah, they haven't announced it. I think they're waiting to do the two-part uh, reunion, which th- starts this Sunday, uh, this Sunday, Thursday, you guys, and then the second part will be on Sunday night, uh, hosted by Andy Cohen. And I got to say, the trailer looks amazing. I have to live with it for the rest of my life. The false narratives around my family, it's like offensive. Welcome to a sit-down 20 seasons in the making. I gotta be honest, my mom's so big now, I just wanna totally talk about all this 
For the first time ever, I'm grilling the Kardashian Jenners. Why is the show coming to an end? We're all feeling a little overwhelmed. We had done it for so long. What people don't know is you said to me, I'm going to put you in a car. No one will find you. Just leave. And I'll take care of it. Wow. Do you think you owe him an apology? Absolutely. Do you think your relationship might have turned out differently if you hadn't shared so much of it? Probably. Really? But I think the substance abuse was the deal breaker. I was pretty irresponsible. So do Courtney and Travis have your blessing? When Tristan first cheated on you, how did you know it will be done again? Chris, have you forgiven Caitlyn for how she treated you? To me, just on the questions about Travis Barker to Scott was very exciting to see. The the Chloe uh, asking about uh, Tristan cheating and the Chris being asked about Caitlyn. I thought that was very uh, almost refreshing. Yeah, it's interesting. It, they are taking a page from like the success of Housewives and like Bravo style where they bring in, you know, the real time drama because that's what the Kardashians was missing this whole time was something like, you know, making making the audience feel like they're actually being led into kind of these family secrets and all of this conjecture that we read in the media instead of like, you know, the fake storylines and them kind of bounce like just kind of trying to deflect from like the actual like deep deeper issues and mysteries around this family. Like, I just wish they realized that all they have to do is be themselves. Oh, I mean, it's literally that exactly. They are so fascinating. Yeah. It's like, all they have to do is be themselves and like be open. And yeah, this Andy Cohen shit, it does look really interesting. Like they're really trying to rein people back in because what they were doing before was not working. So I hope that they, they realize that it's time to let go of like the overproduced storylines, the filters, the heavy makeup, like the constant glam, like no one wants to watch that. I want like, you know, the real messy, like housewives, like if I'm going to watch reality TV, like that's what we want. And that's kind of like how they were at the beginning of the show of Kardashian. Yeah. yeah. Them being like this messy, authentic, chaotic family. And now it's like, everything is so like orchestrated and buttoned up and perfected and filtered. And every strand is perfectly like put in place. It's like, it's just not entertaining. No, it's not. And that's why I'll be frustrated if the reunion happens and you just get like one question and the rest are like, what happened to that mime from season 15, Chris? That was a funny bit with you and the mime, huh? I'm prepared for there to not actually be that many bombshells, actually. Like, I think that, you know, they're going to hype it up. But when it comes down to it, I don't think they're going to like spill any dark secrets or spill anything super exciting that they, you know, wouldn't discuss probably later on in the show anyway. You know what I mean? Like totally. Yeah. They're going to get to the Scott Travis stuff, which will be interesting. Um, What other in the, in the trailer? I know, I know um, you just played it. (laughs) Yeah. What other, what other tidbits are you excited? Well, I mean, it was the, it was the Scott. uh, He asked Scott, are you giving the Travis uh, blessing with Courtney? And I yeah. thought that was a really, I, I mean, that is actually something that we've been wanting to hear because yeah. this relationship happened after filming wrapped and the series finale had Courtney and Scott coming, like Scott 
Courtney saying like very bluntly, it was one of the times I've respected Courtney, Courtney going, Hey, you guys all take his side, but he has not done the things that I've asked him to do yet. He plays on your sympathies and you guys give that to him, but you don't realize he has not done the thing that I asked him to do. If he did want to get back together and it was very succinct and very clear. And I make fun of Courtney a lot, but it really puts you into the spot of Scott. I don't think is that good of a guy. And I think Scott like plays the troubled uh, troubled gentleman too much. And, and we as a society will always feel worse for a troubled man than we will a troubled woman, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think that he is a perfect example of like white male mediocrity, like just failing up in life. Like if it weren't for, you know, the show, like where would Scott be? Oh, I mean, those, those are when you like, it is so fast. And that's the argument that this is just, we're all part of like some video game because how do you explain Scott Disick? How do you explain where, I mean, like we really in this day and age are off the rails with who we make celebrities. Yeah. I mean, which goes back to the YouTube thing. I mean, I was watching videos of, uh, Trisha Paytas finally, and the whole frenemies podcast thing. I don't know if you follow that or, or I wanted to talk to you briefly about Gabby Hanna from mm. last week, because I'm like all of these people. And I'm like, wait, what did they do again? They're just, they're YouTubers. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're you that's, and they, they make millions of dollars and they don't like, do they play piano? Like, no, oh, Gabby Hanna writes poetry. And then I read some of the poetry. Oh, I'm like, Gabby that's Hanna. horrible. It's horrible poetry. And then Trisha Paytas, I, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that are, uh, fans of hers. I'm like, what are you a fan of? Just that she's a, a, a train wreck and she kind of just ironic. says yeah. a lot of crazy people, things. People are like, ironically a fan of Trisha. I don't pay enough attention to all of her scandals, but I do know that she, um, she is really weird about Judaism. She's oh, not really Jew engaged. So Ethan is Jewish. Her co-host on the frenemies. Pod. Yeah. Or their, their host. I'm sorry for misgendering Trisha. Um, she goes by they, them. Oh, I didn't know that. They oh, okay. go by they, them pronouns now. Okay. Trisha, Trisha does. So Trisha's co-host, Ethan, is Jewish. And Trisha is engaged to Ethan's um, brother, I believe. Yes, I did read that. Also Jewish. And there are really, there's always been, you know, Trisha, the way that she talks about Judaism is kind of uncomfortable where she kind of... Um, where they kind of, I'm sorry. Oh my God. No, I, I, I was not aware she had made an announcement that she, she, uh, that, uh, that they were, I, I, yeah. We're really failing at this. Yeah. We're trying, we're trying. No, I don't mean to disrespect Trisha in this way. I mean to disrespect her and her talent. We're way. trying, we're trying. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So Trisha, um, Trisha had always kind of, um, I can't think of the word. Uh, oh my God. What is the freaking word for when you, oh, fetishize. Okay. Had always kind of fetishized Judaism. And then she, tr they, Trisha had released these texts saying, um, I know this is because they, I guess we're disputing about money over the frenemies podcast a little bit, like the disputing over yeah. ownership. And Trisha had said, that's, that'd be really Jewy of me. If I asked for this, like, you know, the, the stereotype about Jews, like oh, she, yeah. she published this text herself, not realizing that it made them look bad. Like Trisha kept, I feel like just over and over again, Trisha is problematic and people kind of give them a pass because it's like, oh, well, it's Trisha being Trisha. And I feel like just from what I have 
heard and read about this person, I'm just like, I don't get it either. I'm like, what, what is, what is there to really, yeah. I, I think it really is like an irony thing, how people ironically like stand Trisha, I don't but know. I just feel like there's only so many people you can ironically like, but in this day and age, I feel like that is the majority sometimes of fandom now is ironic fandom as opposed to actual fandom because somebody is an athlete of uh, great performance, a beautiful singer songwriter, somebody that can act parts that blow you away. I mean, these are real talents that I feel like I grew up watching or what I was talented of. And the only ironic person that I think I was a fan of were like Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. And that at some point they actually, you know, were in movies that I liked, but I don't know. It's just weird. Now I feel like that stuff has just kind of spread. And now we ironically like people more than we actually like, like people, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a different, like, it's a different sphere of celebrity. Like the people that we ironically, because, you know, as Bravo lovers, like we ironically stand a lot of people like, yeah. Yeah. Are- I mean, that's all that, by the way, you're right. That's all of, I, I used to stand Countess Luann until this week. Right. And it's like, do I think that Kim Richards is like a super like inspiring, amazing? <laughs> no, she loves turtles. Yeah. Her, yes. So like, yeah, it's it's it really it is a lot of like ironically standing people. But I think there comes a point if someone is like super, super problematic, where ironically standing this person is kind of encouraging them. And that's how, like, it kind of with like Caroline Calloway, who I don't even. Yeah, want to- I mean, that's another ironic, like, of like. Ironically, stand her, and she is literally the worst, like a terrible, terrible, terrible human being. And it's like, just stop ironically standing her because it's really just fueling her. But we're standing her because deep down we want to see the train wreck. We want to be on watch when she no. does something horrible. I feel. No, it's no? different. No. No, but you're not standing. If you're just watching her, you're not standing her. If you're just watching her, you're like, oh, she's gross. I'm kind of just paying attention. That's how I am. I'm not standing her. People are like, I stand girl boss. It's like the girl boss thing. Like Caroline Calloway, girl boss. Like that shit. And I'm like, just stop. Because she like takes it seriously. And she like, and, and, you know, it's like, this is a horrible person, but like, I'm going to stand them because it's funny. It's like, no, you're encouraging them. Like, stop. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Oh my God. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, I get curious about all of that stuff. Um, just as I get deep, cause I, I keep trying to like research it and then like try to understand what I'm reading. And I know I'm a little bit older than people that love YouTube, but I just coming from something, something that loves the written word or even reality shows, I feel like it's frustrating. Cause I feel like we're just giving it, giving it away so easily, you know? Um, what do you think of the, uh, the new Lord song? solar power oh yeah it was i mean it was just whatever it was yeah very disappointing underwhelming yeah and super catchy i'm like i can't even think of how it goes i just know that it sounds like it's like a ukulele and it seems like it's pretty universally it was fun to watch that on twitter because everybody was like oh my god new lord new lord and then it was like i don't i don't think i like this i don't think i like which is fine and even phoebe bridgers and claro uh they both sing uh, background on that song. And I, I am a huge Phoebe Bridgers fan, but it was kind of one of those like, Lord, I'm really glad you love the beach so much. I, I'm so sorry, but I don't think we want to go there with you. So I wonder what that's like for somebody that's always universally been like heralded immediately 
uh, Lord's last single or the, her first single off the last album melodrama was even, everybody was like freaking out, but this one, it was just kind of universally panned um, because it is kind of interesting to have somebody like Lord make a song about the sunshine, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know. I think it is funny also that people are ripping Jack Anson off. Um, I know it's funny, but um, yeah, I mean, it shows that, you know, people are always going to be honest. We live in a culture where people do like, you know, stand culture, go hard for their favorite musicians, but people are always going to be honest. It's like Katy Perry, her flop era, like people were very, Justin Timberlake, like people are going to be honest. Even if you have all the fans in the world, if you put out shitty music, people are going to be honest. It's the worst. It is the worst feeling for a uh, musical artist or band that you like to not like one of their song or their album comes out. You don't like it is the word. It's heartbreaking, you know, yeah, I can't even imagine because you think about how hard they were. I mean, I think about what I do. It's like writing. If I, you know, was working super hard on this huge writing project, this huge story and then released it and everyone was like, this is terrible. Like, yeah, that would be the worst fucking feeling in the world. Like yeah. I get it. You feel for them, but it's like, that's part of, you know, putting work out into the public. You are putting your, your, body of work out for critique and for debate and that's just like part of it and that's why also you know when when singers or whoever it is like clap back at um music critics it's always a bad look it's yeah. like music critics are gonna exist regardless you just don't like that they have a negative review like yeah, yeah. um uh, okay, so a couple more stories. Uh, going back to the Kardashians really quick, we had a very interesting reaction after the series finale uh, that we woke up on Friday and Kanye West had unfollowed the entire Kardashian clan on Twitter. Uh, he no longer follows Kim, Courtney, Chloe, uh, etc. And um, I thought that he still follows Candace Owens, by the way. So he follows Tom Hanks, Conan O'Brien. I kind of went through his follow list and it was very interesting, but no longer any Kardashians. And on the season finale, the series finale, you know, they did talk about the Kanye relationship of not knowing exactly where it is. And I thought there was a really beautiful scene between Kim and Chris that I would love for you to watch at one point. Cause I just thought it was actually the summation of the 20 seasons between Chris and Kim, who I arguably think that's how the show started. And they should have ended it with this one scene instead of the entire family. Um, because it really summed up a really nice way of Kim being a very strong person and saying, I, do, I, I want to be happy. I realize that now. And I cannot be happy with somebody who's moving state to state all the time. Um, I want the smaller things. I want somebody to watch a show with, I want somebody to, you know, like, you know, it's like, basically she wants, she wants what we have. You guys, she wants to watch Bravo with somebody, you know, but I did kind of respect that in a weird way. And, uh, but Kanye woke up and unfollowed all of them. And we got the big news story this past week that Kanye, uh, for his birthday, uh, him and Irina Shirik, how do I, I don't know how to say her name. Um, Irina Shake. Irina Shake. Irina Shake. Uh, he, they flew to Paris, you guys, for his birthday. And we got our first paparazzi shots of them as a couple, which always reminded me of like when they got the first paparazzi shots of like, like Robert Pattinson in the Batman costume. You're like, first shots, Kanye and Irina. And you're like, oh my God, they look exactly what I thought it would look like. And he had a big Kanye smile on his face. But 
if you look in Irina's dating history, you of course have Bradley Cooper and they had a daughter together. Uh, she then dated Ronaldo, the uh, soccer player who has a very interesting, sketchy history of dating. Wait, uh, when did she date him? Oh, she dated him like six years ago. Yeah, there's tons oh. of... I was going to say he's been married for a while. Yeah, she dated him a while ago, and there's a bunch of pictures. She dated him. She dated the 80-year-old president of FIFA, which is the soccer organization. She dated the drummer of Linkin Park, which was a really interesting one. And and, uh, she so she dated – she's dated a lot of interesting people. She was rumored to be with The Rock at one point. Um, And a lot of people say that she is not a yacht girl, but somebody that – can go from relationship. I don't know. I'm trying to say this delicately. Well, that's what I, the vibe I'm getting that it seems like she is paired off often for like PR purposes. And it's just part of her shtick because I mean, you know, there have been rumors about both Bradley Cooper and Kanye West for a while. Yeah. Both of them separately. Um, So it is interesting that, you know, two very public relationships back to back, you know, are with two men that have been rumored to, you know, have beards. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just like his amazing beard and a star is born. <laughs> he did. He had a great, we talked, he had a great beard. We can all be grown ups about that. He did. He Jackson Maine missed that guy. But <laughs> black eyes open wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before I die, I will see Jackson Maine in concert. I love how I like, it's like the most random A Star Is Born reference, like song, like the most random Jackson Maine song. Uh, But but you know what I'm talking about. Oh, totally. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it is interesting. I don't know what her deal is. I think it's, I was actually thinking about her career trajectory versus like Emrata. Okay. Well, what do you think of the differences? Because I think it's interesting that Emrata... I'm like, it would have been so like, and I, Emrod, I find so annoying lately. So I'm not like trying to like. No. Yeah. We talked about her last week with the holding the baby, like a towel. (laughs) But, um, she could have been one of those models like Irina who had a lot of PR relationships that could have taken her. Cause you know, look at her, like she could like be paired off with anyone who would be believable because she's, you know, this stunning supermodel. Um, but I think it's interesting that she got married and had a baby so quickly. And now she's, she's married and tied down to a guy that's not really a celebrity. He's like, you know, a socialite in his own right, just from what I've read about him. But um, she could have had, you know, a lot of like PR relationships for sure. That would have elevated her status because I feel like, you know, it's, she's famous, but not like a list or anything. Um, and I just was thinking about that. I was like, it's interesting that, you know, like she, you could go either way. You could, you know, do the PR thing and have all these fake relationships or just, you know, be happy and get married to who you want to get married to. Which would, I mean, it is very interesting. Like, I guess you can do whatever you want to do. And I'm stuck in this kind of Midwestern thing of love is love and you go and then you have, you know, like it's very what I watched my parents do and I can't fathom going like, wait, so I just... Like I can't buy me love reboot, but it's like with rich people where we're paying people to like act like we're dating. You know, well, yeah, it's like if you think about it, like it really it has results. It's a PR strategy that always has results. Well, but- speaking of results, I want to share with you on the day this was announced, Irina Shake, you know, you can track Google Trends, was 
the highest uh, in her ranking on Google Trends of people looking her up that day was exactly. the highest, you know, exactly. because of Kanye. It works. It works. What do you it's think of uh, Kanye's new bubble jacket for Gap? Um, I don't even think I've seen it yet. Let me you haven't seen it? it? The blue, it looks like blue nylon, made out of nylon I material. Saw, I saw that Gap, like, um, I'm going to go to their Instagram because I saw they like were hyping something on Instagram, but then I forgot to look again. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Kanye designed it, it should, oh. <laughs> she saw it. Wait, but I She, saw, she saw it. I kind of want it. That's like... <laughs> That's well, a hey, 200 bucks. You you can fall into the gap for 200 bucks with Yeezy. That is so funny that it's their one Instagram post. And also the only person that ha- that I can see has liked it. Yeah, baby. Yeah, it's me. Show bad. It's good. Woo. Well, okay. So, well, because Kay York City, one of the senior um, social media managers at Gap was on the podcast this past week. And she told us that, so with Kanye, you know, she's been working with the Gap since the Yeezy deal. They had no clue he was going like, and then all of a sudden at like 7 p.m. the night before his birthday, they said, he's ready. Get ready to go right now. And they had to be ready by the morning and like put it up on the, and it was just one image. And no caption. And no, no ca- caption. He had it in a very specific way and they just had to put it out. But this happened the night before and it was Monday night and she was watching The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. And all of a sudden she got this thing of like, it, it's go time. It's funny because I, yeah, I work full time for a brand, like a clothing brand, you know, similar to Gap or whatever. Old not Navy? Clothing. No, not uh, actually. I love Old Navy. Okay. But, you know, my full time job is for a brand and I work in marketing. And we were actually talking about how Gap archived just for this. They had to, they archived every single image. (laughs) We're like, thank fucking God. We do not ever have to do that because think about how long to go and archive individually thousands. A decade, a decade. Like, I mean. Kanye can have like some big and like, just, just me thinking about like, you know, I work for Adormi, which is a lingerie brand. We actually had our, our celeb partnership um, for Pride Month is with BB Rexa, who obviously isn't like Kanye West caliber of celebrity. But um, it, it, I, you know, you're kind of prepared for the celebrity team. Like they call the shots no matter what. And luckily, BB's team has been so easy to work with, so great, which is like so much less stress on our part. I can only imagine the people on the Gap marketing team like to have to deal with that. Like, to just post an Instagram with no caption, like for like, as like a, a brand marketer, like it's like, what are you, what are you trying to say? Where's the caption? Like, I just can imagine like Kanye obviously took the reins here and I'm sure it was like, it's, it's probably been stressful. Solidarity with the gap marketing team. Well, I love that the gap is used to like, wait, we're not going to say anything about khakis, you know, like and it's all of a sudden this whole new ball game. Uh, but it brings me to a story about Kanye West. This is from all hip uh, today. Exclusive Kanye West flips out during court order deposition and puts on Jesus mask. 
Um, so this is Kanye West um, was in a deposition earlier this week. He's in a 20 million legal war with a black owned company called My Channel, which claims the fashion designer rene- reneged on a deal and stole the company's technology to sell his Sunday service merchandise. My Channel has been fighting to get Kanye into court for an in-person deposition, but a judge allowed the rapper to be quizzed virtually because of COVID-19. Earlier this week, My Channel's lawyers filed an emergency motion to haul Kanye into court after he flew off the handle and went ham on My Channel's attorney. Michael Popak. According to court filings under seal, which have been obtained by all hip hop, Kanye called my channel's lawyer, who is white boy, at least 12 times during this heated deposition, which only lasted about 10 minutes until a frustrated Kanye terminated the meeting and walked off. During those 10 minutes, Ye refused to look at Popak, would not stop playing with his cell phone, and referred to his own mental geniusness while asking the lawyer if he was fucking stupid and refused to answer any questions. At one point, Kanye told Popak that he was lucky to be deposing the richest black man in America and a black Trump supporter and that he couldn't be bothered with the deposition because he had lives and diets to change. The deposition went off the rails after Kanye put on a full-faced hood and head covering adorned with Jesus Christ's image, which obscured his face and muffled his voice. Despite the protests of my channel's lawyers, Kanye refused to remove the Jesus Christ mask, claiming the legal team did not have the right to see his face. Kanye was also allegedly heard bragging about how good he was doing obstructing the deposition, and his lawyers refused to do anything about his behavior. In fact, one of his lawyers allegedly co-signed Conte's antics and said, that was some crazy shit. West's bad faith effort to sabotage the deposition will be viewed by the court as one of the most outrageous and inappropriate deposition performances it has has observed as well. Uh, ben Meisless of My Channel Lawyers fumed, noting that the deposition was recorded. In addition to hauling Kanye into court for a face-to-face deposition next month, My Channel is seeking to sanction America's richest black man to the tune of sixty-three thousand dollars, which is not much. But what a what a wild! I mean, uh, and I'm sure I love depositions. We have a, a famous Justin Bieber deposition where he was asked about Selena Gomez, and he got pissy. There's a string of great depositions if you really go looking at them. They're always really fun. Jeffrey Epstein had a couple, but um, this doesn't shock me with the Jesus mask. We've seen him now in paparazzi photos with this Jesus mask recently in this last month. Um. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't. None of it surprises me at all. Like this is classic. I feel like Kanye behavior. Nature truly is healing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just classic Kanye. It's Kanye is one of a kind, and you know, that's. that's <laughs> I actually was looking at. I can't remember what account posted. It might have been like a celebrity real estate account, and it was. It's the apartment in New York that I guess Kanye designed. And it's like exactly like you would picture just like it, just like their scary house that he had with Kim, like just the barren walls, like everything is like beige, like it was like it's just Kanye, like he just is such a unique one of a kind person. It is one of those things, though, you know, it's like you do you, the time that you're alive you know, it's also the the celebrities you're with on the time you're alive. So like in 30 years from now, if we're blessed to still be alive, we'll have Kanye, we'll have had Kanye in our lives our entire lives. And so it's interesting, the stars that you are with on the time you are on earth and ours happen just to be Kanye and the Kardashians and things like that. So 30 years from now, we're still going to be hearing these people and we're going to be telling our kids of like, I remember when he was making music, you know, like it's it just, it, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Kanye. Hopefully he goes back to his roots of just making good music. Yeah. You know, being an asshole that makes good music, not just being an asshole. Um, 
Okay. So, uh, two last things. Do you watch Real Houses in New Jersey at all? Um, I'm like super behind, like several seasons behind. Well, Teresa Giudici, of course, uh, you know that her and Joe Giudici are divorced or, you know, in the process of divorcing and she has a new boyfriend, Louie. And Louie, you guys, if you, did you see the video with Louie this weekend? Yes. Oh my God. It was so scary. I'm coming home to see you to get engaged and bring our family together and finally get married and have a life together. I've been here for a week. These are my brothers. These are my bond. These are my brothers. This is my coach, Kevin. These are guys that are very unfamiliar in my life. I love you and I love our family together. I love our children and I hope you receive this message well. Thank you. I love you. Thank you for your time. I hope that this hits your heart well and you understand where I'm coming from and I hope to come home to you and be able to have a chance and opportunity to talk to you and share with you my experience in my life. You gotta talk from the heart. You, st- you go back to your fucking brain. She doesn't want to fucking hear your brain. I love you. I'm sorry I made mistakes and held myself back and held my truth inside. You better fucking and feel worried her pain. about worried about other people around me. Feel and her acknowledgement. Pain. Feel I her feel pain. your pain. I'm sorry I put you through pain. Thank you for being patient with me and seeing the man that I didn't see that you see and you, you saw in me. What are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna come home and show you and prove to you the man, the best version of myself that I am yeah, right now. She heard that before. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna take action as soon as I get home. You're saying you. beautiful words. What are you gonna do? I'm going to propose to you and get married, if that's okay with you. I love you. And guys, this audio, this video actually, you can see on Bravo and Cocktails, the Instagram account at Bravo and Cocktails. Uh, originally posted this video, so I want to make sure she got credit. Somebody gave that to her. I would like to give her credit, if that is okay with you. I love you. (laughs) Has anybody? That is literally the scare. I love you. I'm going to come and marry you. Uh, What? I mean, that is just scary as hell, right? Yeah, it was so scary. I, like, didn't even know what to think. That was very bizarre. I want to come to you and... Be with our kids and our family. And I want to marry you, if that's okay with you. These are my brethren. These are my brothers. And you look behind him, and it's all these scary-looking bald dudes where it's like, we are going to murder you. Like, it is one of the scariest messages. And then you have some guy behind the camera going, uh, that's your fucking mind. Speak from your heart. Speak from your heart. And he's like, I love you in your heart. I hope this hits your heart well. And he looks like they all look like they're, they've been staring directly at the sun for, like, hours. And it's one of the creepiest videos I've ever seen. Yeah. And why did they all look like skinheads? Because, well, most of the, I mean, like, wait, because this is supposedly a warrior program that abusive men get sent to, to like, I guess, rejigger their systems or something. But obviously they're such bad men that their hair does not want to be a part of their bodies anymore. Because most of the people in this video were bald, except for like two guys in the back, which I was like, I was wondering if they were like staying far away so they didn't like catch baldness or something. You oh know? my God. Yeah, it was very, very alarming. And I did not like it one bit. I think at BBF Bravo, I think uh, Candace, she does a deep dive on Louis, you guys, at her account. You should go check it out because he has a very sketchy past and the relationships he has has been very scary. So it really brings um, it really brings into question if Teresa has made another horrible decision, which I think we all think she has. This is a guy that's potentially after her for fame and all of that stuff, which is just cracks yeah. me up that somebody's after 
a reality star's fame. But uh, this past weekend, I believe in New Jersey, Frank Catania, Dolores's husband, and uh, Joey Gorga all did a Vegas, uh, not a Vegas, uh, a Jersey stand-up performance show where they all dressed in drag and told a bunch of jokes. But Joey Gorga was asked about... uh, you know, Louie and he's, you know, after seeing the video and he said, I've never missed my brother-in-law more, which says a lot because he hates, uh, Joe Giudici. So for Joey Gorga to say that, that that's wild. So I'm curious, oh but I'm also curious if Teresa would even understand that video, you know? Uh, I mean, and also she probably just doesn't care. Like, I don't know. I feel like for her, it's kind of like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, he's nice. He treats me nice. Exactly. He treats me nice. Exactly. Like, I don't think that she ha- has, you know, the highest of standards in the world. No, not at all. But also, <sighs> I just get scared that, like, if she understands what a bad guy looks like, you know, like she's just not used to potentially being treated right. And she obviously went to jail for one man. So, what's to say this is like, well, this is still pretty good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is a last story. Pride story. Jojo Siwa. Uh, Jojo Siwa, you guys, uh, somebody did acid at her pride party a week and a half ago and called the cops on themselves because they thought they were dying. Uh, They were on a bad acid trip at Jojo Siwa's, which I would imagine if you're in Jojo Siwa's house, it feels like a bad acid trip regardless. Yeah. But imagine calling the cops on yourself for, I mean, we need to get a hold of this 911 tape because it was a gentleman. Uh, fortunately, he did not overdose on acid. I don't think you can, but he thought he was dying. And he called from Jojo Siwa's pride party, which if you told any of those sentences five years ago, you would think like, what? Jojo Siwa's pride party? But Jojo Siwa in the last year has very proudly come out. And I thought that was an amazing thing, actually. Very cool. But the, the fact that people are doing acid at our house is very scary. That is so funny. Like, oh my God, imagine like, you know, you're already like fucked up and like yeah. really comfortable and tripping. And then you like look up and Jojo Siwa is like scary. Like, rain. you want to make slime with me? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fucking hell. I mean, oh it's. God. Whenever I just, people tell stories of having to like call ambulances because they smoke too much weed or got too high or whatever it is, it's like I just can't even imagine getting to that point of like being like, okay, this is the only option. It's for yeah, me. the only, the only, the only people that can save us are law enforcement at this point. Yeah, you know, like, I can't imagine getting to that point, and I just when that happens, I think it's like the funniest because you must have just been so like distraught at how like fucked up and just i oh my god well there was that one story it was like uh, a cop this was like 10 years ago a cop stole a bunch of marijuana from police like from the like police impound or whatever and him and his girlfriend or wife did it and there is a cop like they call the cops because they tell they call the cops and say they are dead like we we have died we have died and we need help. We are dead right now. And he was so high and he's like, we ate too much. And uh, I'll, I'll try to find that call. A councilman from Dearborn, Michigan is outraged over a 911 call. He wants to know why no charges have been filed against a police officer who admits to confiscating marijuana from suspects and then baking it in brownies. And once he and his wife were full and high, they thought they'd overdosed and called 911. I think I'm having an overdose and so is my wife. 
overdose of what? Marijuana. I don't know if it had something in it. Can you please send rescue? Did you guys have fever or anything? No, I'm just, I think we're dying. Okay, how much did you guys have? I, I don't know. We made brownies, and I think we're dead. Time is going by really, 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 really slow. <laughs> well, instead of being charged, Prilla. <laughs> Sorry. Instead of being charged, the police department let the officer resign. His wife was not charged either. So far, police officials have not commented on the case. Now, how do you follow a story like that? <laughs> but it was insane. And I once dealt with that. Our buddy, one of our buddies, we went to Universal Halloween Horror Nights about 12 years ago. And we did this like soda pop 7-Up uh, cake edible. And the problem with these edibles nowadays, they taste so good that our buddy Andrew ate too much of it. Uh, and he was with this. He Now he's married to this girl. But at the time, they were dating. And like all of a sudden we realized like two hours in, he was not all right. And he, they had to get into a cab. And then by the time he got back home, he had told Brittany that he was sorry that he died. He, he was dead. And then he started confessing things he had done to like, he's like, I lied to you at one point and I'm sorry for that now. Like he started confessing things he had done wrong in the relationship as a dead man. And he apologized for leaving her here on earth with him. And then he had offered to give the driver at the time some homemade soup that he had made. It was like this bizarre story, but she had to sit up with him all night long and talk him down. And then he asked to be, he goes, he had finally started getting hungry and she's like, what do you want? I'll make you anything. And he asked for ketchup soup. And he just wanted soup with a spoon and he wanted to eat ketchup. Oh, and she fed him. She fed him ketchup soup. That has happened to me once. So getting just eating too many edibles because you're waiting for them to hit. Yeah. And once they do, you're like, oh, wow, I fucked up. Yeah. I mean, there's no way out of it. You can't make yourself throw up. Yeah. And then you're just high for like, I was just fucked up and just, and it's like not a fun high. It's just like, you feel like shit for like, three days straight like after that i had like like probably four weed cupcakes <laughs> and it was my first it was this is like probably like 10 9 10 years ago so forever ago yeah and i just uh, i was like dead for like so long afterwards it's it, i mean it really is scary it's like there's no like hit or miss like some edibles are like weak some edibles turn out to be strong out of nowhere um but on the jojo T siwa tip uh, she did an interview this week for Pride and said, Jojo Siwa said telling her mom she didn't want to wear a bow anymore was harder than coming out to her because Jojo Siwa now has come out where she does not want to wear the big, gigantic, gargantuan bows anymore, which, of course, why would you want to after a certain age? And she was scared to tell her mom that. Oh, my God. But good because she, she's she's 18. Uh, she turned 18 on May 19th. And she she posted a picture of herself with her hair down without a bow. And it was one of the scariest moments was to tell her mom that. That is so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, she's going to have a new hairstyle soon. It's going to be a big change. But I like you know, think about the bravery it takes not only to not wear a bow, but to, to somebody like Jojo Siwa to come out to yeah. like but to, to have that fan base that you have. I think that is so important. And like I have made fun of Jojo Siwa 
Or like I'll always like I have like a Jojo Siwa sticker book or I'll pose with like if I see something Jojo Siwa I'll pose with that I have for years. I in fact my neighbor uh my, one of my friends lived next to her and she has two cars with her face uh spray painted on them and I would go in that neighborhood and I would take pictures with the cars because I just thought it was super funny. But I got to tell you I respect the hell out of her because that's like bravery for somebody that works in that kid market to, to say who you love that is. And that to me is progress. That to me is like giving people courage to be who they are. So like fucking bows off hats off Jojo Siwa. I did want to say like, I thought that was super, super cool. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's awesome. Like she, yeah. And it's just part of, you know, she is growing up in front of everyone and you know it's not gonna she's not gonna you know navigate everything perfectly but I think in terms of you know how she is clearly growing up but doing it in a way that you know still feels safe for kids yeah um yeah yeah I mean she but yeah because by the way she's not going like I want to I want to lick a bunch of but you know she's not being like like brandy brandy she's not being Leah McSweeney brandy I, Glanville I sucked her, her clit yeah no, she's not doing that yet. But I did have like a nightmare the other night that like Jojo and me were like, ain't like trying to get those same girl. And she like won easily. She won hands down. Like it wasn't even a contest. Like I was not even a factor. I mean, <laughs> Jojo Siwa. I will. Yeah, I will. Actually, I was wearing the bow in the dream. <laughs> um, uh, you guys, Sophie Ross has done it again. Uh, is there anything coming up this week that we need to know uh, about you for you? How do we support um, you? Not really. I'm just, you know, living life. Wait, how's the, uh, how's the situation with the, uh, the flies and stuff, the fruit flies. Oh, um, Are the chicotas or this all. Yeah. They're all dead. I massacred them successfully. Did you, you did I you clean it up? I exterminated them. What? Did you clean them up? Did you, did you sweep them up? Um, most of them. They're still, Oh my so God. You just come to your place. It's just like dead, yeah, dead, dead flies. <laughs> like corpses like, oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on in everybody. Make yourself at home. Yes. That's, that's kind of the, the reality of things right now, but you know, it'll be, it'll be better soon. Oh, and when you come I to LA, if you, if, and when you come to LA, oh, I, to, I, I talked to my friend today, my LA yeah. friend that I'm staying with. And I am going to come, I was supposed to come the last weekend of June, but now that's the weekend that my sister's coming to New York. So I am going to come in July sometime oh, nice. before the 25th. Yeah. Just let me know. So I can make sure I'm here and not Arizona. When is, um, when's your sister getting married? Um, not until October. Okay. But you planned the, you did plan the bachelorette party, right? Yes. I planned the okay, bachelorette party sure. in August in Charleston. So yeah. Oh shit. I can already say you are, you're going to hook up with Austin by the end of the summer. That's crazy. You know what's funny is that my sister was like, wait, I actually do want to hang out with like Shep and Austin and stuff. Dude, and, like, that could totally happen. And I was like, oh, I need to make that happen. I'm the maid of yes. honor. Start, start tweeting positive Southern charm things. All I have to do is be like, um wait and pringle be like yo where do i get some of that um you know <laughs> wait, start start with pringle by the way start he's the easiest probably to win over and yeah, you say right. oh my god your abs are amazing and just start there yeah you're right you're right he and he's also you know the least famous one the one that like no one actually gives a shit about it's like it's like the when the beatles the girls that would go for ringo that was like the way into hanging out with the beatles you know that um pringle i don't know who posted it but it was pringle and chef i believe it was like a couple weeks ago 
and there was clearly a line on the table. There was like a yes, table yeah, there. Big shocker, guys. They allegedly do cocaine. Yeah, no, it's like not surprising. Obviously, we know that, but it's like Pringle is, you know, someone who shares custody of his children. And you think that, I don't know, that he would just be more careful about, you know, what could be used against him. But I feel like he actually just doesn't give a shit. It's not like he's in a custody battle or anything, but I just mean in general, you want to be careful about what you, the, who you're co-parenting with. Yeah. You doing. Well, there was always rumors about Southern Charm, even before Pringle got on there, that they had filming, that they were very cool and friendly with production where they would let them know, hey, get this off the table or this is the angle of the camera. So it was funny that when they do slip up, um, you know, you think like, wow, that must have been a super accident that nobody spotted because, you know, Bravo isn't looking to get in trouble and show drug use in any way, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, remember it accidentally made it into summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it made it into pump rules because Jax was in the show. I mean, Jax was literally yeah. having like. No, yeah. You're at his wedding and it was on the table and it clearly was something that they didn't think to include. But I will say about Summer House, because we all say that, you know, the only reason that these 30 somethings can work and party so much is because of drugs. I literally spoke to them and and look, literally nothing against party drugs at all. The Summer House cast, that is them alcohol is all they need. Like they do not, they're not, there's like, come on. There's no Adderall going around. I swear to God from the ones that I was hanging out with, that is not a factor in their partying routine. Like that is not something that they concern. It's literally just them drinking. They just ha- are fun, drunk people. Like, it's just like Lindsay doesn't do drugs. Like Lindsay outright was like, I have never in the house. Like we don't, it, they they really just don't like from what I have heard, which I think is like I could never like I am a perpetually tired person and I'm 29. Like I can't imagine being in my late 30s and being able to drink that much. I wish I had an Adderall prescription. I I real I mean I genuinely. Oh, my Adderall prescription does just help. I mean it's not Adderall, it's Oakland, but um, my right. ADD medicine. But I have to take it because I actually have ADD, which I'm sure anyone who listens to this can can kind of yeah. <laughs> oh my god i forgot to tell you i don't think you listened to it uh we had a boots on the ground interview with uh, my buddy samaj that went to uh hannah's stand-up show last week in uh this uh jersey or i don't know somewhere in like the chuckle hut or whatever and uh uh what's his name her her fiance opened up for her and he said he was you know he was a professional comedian and obviously knew his way around jokes but then he said hannah you know like there were, but Hannah did a bunch of bits that were like stolen from memes. Like she did the Cinderella, the Cinderella as a like the Disney character thing that he was like basically a meme. She did like a bunch of meme jokes and those didn't land at all. And she would kept making fun of when the jokes wouldn't land. A lot of giggly squad people, googly squad people were there and supporting her. But and he was very honest because he he didn't have a horse in the race and he went to see paid to see it. And he said there were some jokes that did work, but I mean, I also said that is what stand up is about. I say I think she's not a headliner yet, so that's ballsy of her to do that. But yeah. if it gets, but it gets her better, you know, like obviously. But the whole if she's stealing meme jokes again. In fact, he sent me one today. She tweeted this today, and it was a joke in her set of I've and I've heard this, I've seen this tweet so many times by so many people of I just finished all of Netflix today. You know that joke where they finished all of Netflix. Good one. She tweeted that today, but she used that joke on stage too. And it's like, I get it. 
like she also translate though because I feel like stand-up comedy is about making telling personal anecdotes and kind of like making things personal to you and I feel like I don't like in a way that's still relatable you know like you're kind of like riffing off of you know your own life and experiences yeah Anna just stealing memes off the internet like that's not how stand-up works, but it doesn't surprise me at all that that's her routine. But the funny thing is, when you court fame this hard, you don't give yourself the ability to grow and get good because yeah. you actually feel the pressure to try like to get the funniest, but that's right. It just doesn't translate with memes and stuff. But I even noticed on her Instagram, she was doing like the guy messages in her DMs. And I've seen that bit done from so many people. And it's like, I just feel like if she trusted her own sense of humor, she's eventually, I mean, I hope she eventually learns to do that because right now I feel like she thinks she's stealing other people's ideas and she feels like she can do them better. But I see that with a lot. I see that with even Bravo meme makers all the time. Like I see that kind of behavior. I see people that take things not directly and they add their little spin on it, but you can see where it is. And I feel like that's always not a great policy because you're just cheating yourself in the end, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, she's like completely like just not, a real authentic normal person at all and incapable of reflection or growth. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. Like I'm like, of course she doesn't have social skills. She can't read a room. I can only imagine how painfully awkward that comedy show was. Like I, well, luckily though, I think a lot of uh, the people that'll come are already fans of her. So that's like the best audience to play for. It makes my skin crawl thinking about it though. Like it, she can't, she can't read a room. Like, it's what, just, wait, what, what if I, how much would it cost me to get you into that show to watch? Like, yeah, you would have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, it, it really, it's, it's, she's cringy. She's not a comedian in my eyes. Like, yeah, sorry. no, I mean, I just thought I was like, I forgot to tell you that. And I was like, oh shit. Just as I, any, anyways, Sophie Ross, you guys, you know where to find her on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, really, genuinely, uh, all like joking aside, her Twitter is amazing. Uh, really, so much information on there as well as jokes. Go check that out. Also, where all of her writing, you can find that there. Uh, and she'll let us know if anything is coming up. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again next week, Soph. Yes, for sure. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Betches.